0: epistle is from 2 Corinthians chapter 3 such is the confidence that we have through Christ toward God not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us but our sufficiency is from God who has made us competent to be ministers of a new covenant not of the letter but of the spirit for the letter kills but the spirit gives life now if the ministry of death for if what was being brought to an end came with glory, much more will what is permanent have glory. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In the name of Jesus, Amen. In our epistle reading from Second Corinthians, yes, our epistle reading from Second Corinthians, the Apostle Paul, he's actually laying his heart bare. He's laying his heart bare before the Christians in the city of Corinth some 2,000 years ago. That is right, Paul is passionately laying his heart bare as he defends the gospel, as he defends and pleads for the gospel in that church in the face of false teachers. Yes, false teachers. You see, there was a group in that church, a group of false teachers in the church, who were teaching and pushing the law over and against the gospel. To state it simply, were ministers of the law and the law only. They focused solely on teaching and applying a list of do's and don'ts upon the Christians in Corinth. Their main focus was on teaching only outward holiness, how the Christians should act, how the Christians should behave, how the Christians should think and relate to one another. Again, they were law-focused only. Now, what makes this so incredibly tricky is that the false teachers in that first century, in that city of Corinth, in the midst of those Christians, they were not advocating for wild living and sinful thinking. They weren't telling them to live it up as a church. They weren't a bunch of godless pagans, a bunch of godless secular pagans stirring up the crowd in unrighteousness. Instead, they were just like modern-day positive motivational speakers that you would see at a perhaps a business conference. You know what I'm talking about, those business conferences you go to and they have a motivational speaker who is well-dressed and polished and he's advocating for a good work ethic and so forth and he inspires the team, he inspires the business itself to do better. Indeed, those false teachers in that first century, they were like a bunch of modern-day, well, modern-day coaches, life coaches who perhaps had a best-selling book on the New York Times bestseller list. These false teachers, they would be like the kind of people who have, well, perhaps positive life hacks on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok. You know, the kind of people who post positive messages that are to be inspirational and encouraging on how to be happy, how to organize your kitchen, and how to have a better relationship, and how to get a raise at your new job. Again, what makes these false teachers so incredibly tricky tricky is that these false teachers, they most likely were well-polished, they were well-dressed, they spoke with a great rhetoric, and furthermore, they wanted people to have a good and holy outward life. They wanted the people to have success. The only problem, though, with these well-polished, nice-dressing and fancy-speaking false teachers is that their ministry, mark this and hear this carefully, their ministry was a ministry of death. Yes, you heard that correctly. They were ministers of death. Now, dear friends, we must understand that the contents of the Holy Bible, both the Old Testament and the New Testament, they are made up of two doctrines. The Bible is made up of two doctrines, law and gospel. The law actually tells us what to do. Indeed, the law tells us what we are to do. The gospel tells us what has already been done. The law reveals sin. The gospel delivers forgiveness. Think of it this way. The Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai are law. The cross on Mount Calvary is gospel. The law says do, the gospel says done. And so Paul tells us that the law is an instrument of death because for this very reason, no one is able to fulfill the demands of the law to perfection. You just can't do it. You and I, we cannot do it. Therefore, every person is under the condemnation of death according to the law. However, on the other hand, the gospel brings you and me brings you and me the glorious news of forgiveness in Christ Jesus. The gospel actually tells us that Jesus died for those who were unable to fulfill the law. And Jesus, well, he completely fulfilled the law in our place. He is our great substitute. Again, law and gospel. So, is Paul saying that we Christians perhaps do not need the law. Is that his whole point that he's making to us today from 2 Corinthians, that we somehow don't need the law? Does Paul object to the false teachers because they preached the law and that the law is somehow unneeded? By no means. Paul's rebuke of these false teachers was because their whole ministry, their whole ministry was law-oriented. The gospel was not allowed to have a predominance in their preaching and their teaching. Indeed, the gospel was not allowed to have predominance in their teaching and preaching. They were all law and no gospel. Now, dear friends, we must be aware that if all you hear in a sermon, if all that you hear in a Bible study, if all that you read in your devotions is do more and try harder, no matter how positive and inspiring these commands may be, That is not a ministry of the gospel, but a ministry of the law, a ministry unto death. I can actually remember several years ago, a pastor was preaching at a very, very large youth event. The whole sermon was telling the youth how to love more, to be bolder in evangelism, and to be more on fire as youth to be more on fire for the church, more on fire for God. Frankly, with each finely tuned point, the pastor was, well, he was digging a grave of death for the students. As inspiring as the pastor sounded, no one was able to meet his zeal, the pastor's zeal and his demands. Be bolder, more evangelism, be more on fire, be more sanctified, work harder, on and on and on now contrary to what you may think this pastor was actually not out of line the pastor was not an error when he dug their spiritual graves with his long list of do's and don'ts he was theologically fine when he preached everyone to hell personally i had absolutely no problem with the pastor calling out for the youth to have more love to be more bold in evangelism and to serve the church more i had no problem with that and you shouldn't either The problem, though, was that after he burdened everyone's conscience, instead, indeed, after he burdened everyone's conscience, instead of delivering the gospel, instead of delivering Christ into their convicted ears for the forgiveness of sins, well, he shamed the youth. In other words, he knocked them down, and then he manipulated them with guilt, Instead of raising the dead youth to faith by the gospel, he preached them into the grave and then he stood over that cold grave and he told them to get busy working, to try harder and to be more holy. This Missouri Senate pastor, I hate to say it, this Missouri Senate pastor was a minister of death and not a minister of life. Again, keep in mind that this pastor, he was fined in his delivery of the law. However, the problem is that he withheld the gospel. He withheld the gospel from those ears, from those ears of those youth. And so the end result of his sermon was not life, not forgiveness, not Christ, but it was death. The end result was death. It was condemnation. It was leaving them in their sins. He preached them to hell, but he failed to preach them to heaven. This Missouri Senate pastor failed to deliver Jesus, and so according to the Apostle Paul, this pastor was acting just like those false teachers. God have mercy. Lord God have mercy. We actually need to pause here a moment to make sure to clear something else up, though, too. There are many churches and pastors in America right now that have done the opposite of this poor pastor. They have supposedly rejected the law altogether. They will not talk about things like death and sin and hell or mention the Ten Commandments. They do this because they do not want to have what they think a ministry of death. Instead, the themes of their church focuses on tolerance and focuses on love and acceptance and celebration and being positive, to think good thoughts. There's a problem with this though, too. And please hear this carefully. If the church is only focusing on telling members to be more loving, to be more accepting, to be more tolerant, they are still a minister of death. If the message of the church focuses only on what the members should and should not do, no matter how happy and no matter how positive the message may be, the church is still a ministry of death. Even though it's decorated with party balloons, tinsel, and colored cake. It is still a ministry of death. Now, dear friends, please hear this clearly. The failure of the false teachers in that city of Corinth was that they failed to deliver the power of God, which is the gospel, the forgiveness of sins in Jesus. The gospel, of the forgiveness of sins, was not predominant in that church or in the preaching and teaching, and so the Apostle Paul is not disregarding the Ten Commandments as if they're evil or bad. Paul is simply condemning the fact that the false teachers were not leaving the people with Jesus and his gifts. Practically speaking, if St. Paul's were to, let's just say, remove the absolution, the part of the service where the pastor comes up here and says, I absolve you in the name of Jesus, you're forgiven in the stead and by the command of Jesus, if we were to strip out the absolution, if we were to come and strip this altar and remove the Lord's Supper from our divine service, if we were to change our sermons from law and gospel to just, well, let's just say it this way, life tips, moral improvement, so, 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 motivational speaking, and if we were to change our hymns and songs about our dedication and our fervent love towards God, with these four, yeah, with these four easy adjustments, St. Paul's could become a church of death. It is that easy. Again, we need to be perfectly clear that the law of God, the Ten Commandments, are not bad. We uphold the law here at St. Paul's because the law shows us God's perfect and holy will, and the law also reveals to us our sins. However, the gospel, at the end of the day, needs to have the final word, for it is the power, the dynamite of God. Indeed, the absolution is that which cleanses your conscience, destroys guilt, and gives you assurance as an identified baptized saint. The word of the gospel. The word of the gospel is that which creates faith, enlightens you, and sanctifies you in the true faith. And the holy supper is that which strengthens your faith towards God and your love towards your neighbor by giving you the body and the blood of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, nothing held back. Mark this and hear this loud and clear. Without the word and without the sacraments, we are a church of death. Without the word and sacraments, we do not have the power of God and are left in guilt. We're left in shame and hell itself. But, but through the Lord's word and through his good and gracious sacraments, we have the Lord's ministry of life, the power of God, the forgiveness of sins. We have a clean conscience in these gifts given to us. We have the payment of all guilt in Christ, appropriation of perfect righteousness, the gift of salvation, the gift of joy, the gift of assurance, courage, and life everlasting. We have all these good gifts when we have, well, when we have that word and sacrament, the ministry of life for us, for you. Baptized saints, law without gospel is a ministry of death. However, law and gospel is a ministry of death unto life. Indeed, the law grabs you in your life and condemns you to death. However, the gospel finds you, the gospel, it finds you, the gospel finds you in death and brings you to life. Long gospel for you. A ministry of life unto Christ and everlasting life. In the name of the one who is life unto us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thy strong word bespeaks us righteous. Right with thine own holiness Thank you for listening to today's podcast sermon. You can access a full manuscript of today's sermon from Pastor Matthew Richard's blog at www.pastormattrichard.org or visit St. Paul's website at www.stpaulsminot.org The, the Lord bless, bless and keep you. Keep you.